0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. If, if,
1: if, 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 if your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, blue. blue. This, this, this is the, pod, is the for you. pod for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by, by E.J. Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. A win is a win. That is what you heard from the Knicks, and that's what you're going to hear at least to start this episode of Orange and Blue Bloods. EJ Stewart here. Tommy Beer here. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast hosted by Odyssey and WFAN New York. Of course, it's a podcast that you can get wherever you get your episodes, including the free Odyssey app you can download. All of our episodes hitting the auto-download feature so you can get these episodes every time we drop. We drop three times a week. This is the last episode we've dropped this week. And we're talking Knicks Pacers. Uh, Tommy, did it feel like the 90s watching those uh, battles between Reggie and Ewing and the boys as the Knicks uh, got that W last night?
0: I felt a lot more comfortable in the 90s when they could dump it down to Patrick Ewing and get a bucket because <laughs> yeah. this day and age, um, outside of Brunson, it's creative footwork in, in, in traffic. Um, it's, it's difficult sometimes to watch this team try to close out opponents. And uh, last night was but the latest, but it looked for a moment there like it might be the worst and uh, potentially the worst loss of, of Tibbs tenure. Um, but as you said, they walked away with a win. Um, that doesn't mean that uh, there aren't some things to criticize, some things to discuss, some positives. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, particularly the first half. But uh, let's get into it.
1: Yeah, we will. So again, we'll be talking Knicks paces. We'll also preview Friday's matchup with the Wizards. That's the first time the Knicks are playing the Wizards this season. Uh, some uh, former Knicks that we'll be, uh, be talking about in that, uh, in that segment, so that should be fun. And we'll be continuing our mid-season report cards. Um, we're not going to be able to finish all of it this week, so we'll uh, we'll take the guards uh, today. We'll get to the forwards and send uh, the big men uh, next week to complete our our mid-season report card. We're, we're essentially halfway done with the midseason report card. We're doing our first evaluation of players. We'll be talking about the guards, so you, you can be rest assured. Our star student, Jalen Brunson, did a, did a great job to make sure that we know whatever high marks he was going to get in his report card after the performance he had last night. So we'll be talking about the guards in this episode as well. But let's talk about that game uh, last night, that, that Wednesday night game. Nick survived a late rally for the Patriots to hold on uh, and beat Indiana at the Garden, 119-113. Jalen Brunson led all scorers with 34 points. Another stellar performance with the Knicks point guard. New York was up 25 points in the third quarter, but saw that lead shrink all the way down to two points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Quinton Grimes did hit a clutch three at a time where the game looked very tenuous. He put the Knicks back up to six late in the fourth quarter. He finished with 18 points. R.J. Barrett returned to the lineup, added 27 in his first Game back from the finger injury for Indiana. Buddy Heald led all scorers in Indiana with 31 points. The much-talked-about Tyree Talbert, who uh, continued his media tour on the New York Knicks on the Woj podcast, talking about this whole big game that was happening. Um, Not much from him. Uh, He did get injured. We're hoping he gets back healthy. He he left the game uh, with a sore knee in the third quarter. He finished with 15.7 assists. I think he had a minus 15. As a plus-minus didn't have much of an impact. Indiana actually ended up going their their big run with him out of the game. So that's the story of the game. Uh Tommy, but of course, you know, we always like to go deeper than just the box score. What did you see from the Knicks as he saw them struggle once again trying to close this one out? 740 left in the third quarter. Mitchell Robinson
0: knocks down a free throw. Knicks are up 78-53, 25-point lead um and then they start chipping away and then I mean it's it's so apparent now it's it's starting to become a thing which is, is always worrisome Knicks fans are tight players are tight coaching staff is tight um it goes down to 15 but okay then you see Tyrese Halliburton limp off the floor unfortunately um by far Pacers best player their floor general if they were going to lead a comeback you'd assume that obviously Halliburton would be at the heart of it um NBA tracking data goes back to 2018-19 in terms of in-game leads. Pacers are 0-50. Coming, heading into last night, they were 0-58 in games, which they had trailed by 20 points. Um, In in the fourth quarter, no Halliburton. Pacers also missing Miles Turner, their best big man. He was ruled out just prior to the game due to back spasms. Knicks have a 14-point lead going into the fourth quarter. But again... Um, you know, Brunson is, is, is his, his kind of slogan was vibes are immaculate. The vibes were anything in, but immaculate inside of the garden on, on Wednesday night. Um, in my head, like when you watch Netflix or any other shows and you have it on the, the closed captioning, um, when there's like a dramatic turn, you'll just see eerie music or, <laughs>
1: yeah. you, know what, yeah.
0: you know what I'm saying? Like, a, you know, Jason's, you know, behind you with the night. It just had that sense okay, how are they going to, instead of, all right, they're going to close this thing out. That's what great teams do. How are they going to find a way to blow this lead? Um, And sure enough, Pacers come out trapping. Knicks, like a middle school team, can't get the, can't get the ball past half court. The mm-hmm. inbound passes are tipped, deflected. Some they even got back, despite being, you know, despite uh, it looked like they were going to get some steals. Turnovers, poor shots. Um, that one four Randall Brunson, you know, uh, pick and roll that can, you know, just monotonous, uneventive offensive play um, cuts the, you know, with two minutes left healed the, the, as as Clyde is saying you can't either foul and you can't give up a three healed hits a three and and RJ runs into him and fouls him yeah. cuts the lead to two um next possession RJ uh, uh Brunson comes down saves the Knicks you know uh, bails Brunson uh bails Tibbs out hits a runner next possession buries a three Knicks up seven gets back down to three <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Tibbs puts um, uh, uh, Grimes queen back. Grimes, in yeah.
1: For yeah, Archie I kind of forgot there. queen Grimes existed until he came back. And I was like, oh, wait, that's right. Uh, he's on yeah, the team. That's,
0: oh, that's right. The best defender we have, you know, our team shooting lights out from three. Maybe we should put him on the floor. um So I'll talk about that in a second. But that just kind of set the table. Brunson bailed him out. A win is a win. They leapfrog Pacers for the sixth seat. You know, like that's kind of what I started the newsletter with this morning. If he had told Nick fans, in october that they'd be four games over 500 through 42 games they'd sign up for it in a heartbeat if you told nick fans 48 hours ago uh, 24 hours ago that they'd beat the pacers 119 to 113 they'd sign up for it in a heartbeat but again to your point we we don't we're not just talking about the box score here we're looking at the bigger picture and there are some warning signs um, that that in, and their inability to sustain leads in particular, um, has to be cause for concern and has to be something we discuss
1: despite the recent success. Yeah, it's it's, it's a deja vu. It's here we go again. It's 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 what it's the same, same song, different tune. You know, it doesn't matter kind of what the circumstances are, who the opponent is. Uh, and this one it was even a little bit of a twist because I, it wasn't a zone defense that confused the Knicks. It was a, a trapping junk defense. And shout out to Rick Carlisle, uh, you know, not something we've seen teams do against the Knicks, though. We're going to see teams do it now because we see how much the Knicks struggled against that kind of trapping defense uh, and, and got the back in game. And the Knicks were, once again, uh, clueless, incredulous, no answers, and uh, almost threw one away. And you wonder if Halliburton's out there, maybe they do do throw, do throw that one away. You know, it's, um, it, it's alarming. And there are a lot of Nick fans who are saying, look, I don't want to be here and be negative and, you know, we won the game and whatever. And I understand that. I'm not going to lose sight that the Knicks won this game. I'm not losing sight of the fact that the Knicks were playing as a team that was comparable in record, a team that they were trying to leapfrog in the standings, and they were up by 25 points against them at some point. There are good things to take away from this game. There are good things to take away from this first half of the season for the Knicks. But these bad habits, these things that you keep seeing late in games, eventually – if they continue to snowball, which right now, I think you can say they've snowballed. Like, I don't think you can even say, oh, are they, if they're snowballing, or when they snowball. They have snowballed. Anytime the Knicks have a big lead, you're expecting them to blow it. Think about the last three games they played. What, you had uh, Indiana, big lead, almost blew it. Uh, Milwaukee big game, you did blow it. Toronto, big lead, you almost blew it. I mean, three games in a row, they had games where they were up big and to the point where you, you think you could turn the game off. I mean, I, I thought yesterday, you know, I, I do. You know, of course, I do my other podcast, New Generation. Uh, we were going to do Hero Talk last night. I told my guys, look, I think by 945, I'll be ready to go. Like, this looks like, you know, midway four-four. this is going to be a wrap. And I said, wait, never mind. I got to stay on this game because the Knicks uh, look like they may blow this again. So we go back and say, okay, why is this happening? Well, it feels like, one, they lack confidence in these uh, periods. Uh, in these late game situations. Like they kind of expect or know that they're going to blow these games. And two, they lack direction. Again, when I see uh, the, the the Pacers running that junk defense, it just didn't seem like the Knicks had any real plan to how to get the ball across half court to kind of get easy shots. Like they didn't seem to know how to attack that. And I just don't understand why this team continues to come out flat-footed against certain things that just happened in NBA games. Teams trap when they're down. Teams go to zone when you're when you're getting into the paint. Like these things happen, and you're just supposed to have a counter. And the Knicks never seem to have a counter. They seem to just kind of don't know. And it's kind of just hold on for dear life. Let's hope Brunson makes a couple of shots down the stretch. And we get out of here. Sometimes he does, like last night, and they win. And as I didn't uh last night or in Toronto, they win. Sometimes uh he doesn't and they lose, like in Milwaukee. So like it's it used to get to a point where it's like you're living on that kind of edge. You're gonna eventually that's gonna catch up to you. So when we talk about the Knicks' ability to kind of hold on to the sixth spot and to remain in playoff contention, it becomes worrisome if they're going to be able to do that because games are going to get closer. These, the idea that, like, in March or early April, you're fighting for your life for these last few spots that you're not going to be playing in close games is ridiculous. All these games are going to be close. So they think that, that this is not a big deal because they won, no, 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 this is a huge issue, and they got to figure it out. I don't have much confidence they're going to figure it out with this coach because the coach has shown he can't adjust. The coach has shown that during games, um, he, he looks clueless. So I, I don't have much confidence in that. But what I hope is that the players can get a win or two uh, at some point during their stretch. and maybe they can get their confidence back. I don't know if they're going to get the right direction. But if they can get their confidence back, at least that would help. Because, you know, they look so, like, they didn't want to make a mistake. They look like they were afraid to make plays, and that's kind of where you get the turnovers. If you got guys just kind of playing freely, playing smart, um, using playing off instinct, I think you'll see them kind of start to figure this out. But yeah, they, it's just it's just it's just stink to see them kind of keep twirling around in their own kind of weird circle with these late games where they can't close. And I don't know uh, where the answers are at this point from the head coach. Yeah,
0: I mean, listen, um, if you're a Knicks fan and you want to just be happy that they're four games under 500, knock yourself out. You have every right to do so. Knicks have just just the second time, uh, third time this century that they've been above 500 after 41 games, and that's all well and good. But again, if we're trying to look big picture, uh, I understand the bar is low, but there are other fans who aren't content with just being the best case scenario, being the sixth seed and maybe winning a playoff game or two. Um, So for those folks... Um, These type of issues that keep popping up are are troublesome. And again, I think it's also very important to point out that at some point, the excessive wear and tear on the top six Knicks, on on those guys in particular, you're going to have to pay that credit card bill. Probably and that might be in March and you when and then when we're talking, hey, why do the Knicks seem tired? You know, more exhausted at the end of games. Why are they missing? You know, on, on the second night of a back to back, they don't seem like they have their legs. They're you know, other teams have more energy and and, and they're, they're just getting out to a better start than the Knicks. And you know, when there's 15 games up the season, eight games up the season, when we're really focusing on the standings and and must win games, um, that's when we might look back on a game on January 11th when. Five Knicks played, you know, nearly 40 minutes. And that's kind of where where I want to focus on um, in terms of one player in particular playing 40 minutes. Um, And that was kind of my main takeaway um, was R.J. Barrett had no business playing 41 minutes on a, a Wednesday night at the Garden. Guy had missed six straight games. Had, had hadn't played since December 27th when, we, when he only played two minutes. Was he able to get in cardio while they was sidelined? Sure. But mm. anybody, everybody that follows sports knows there's a difference between running on a treadmill and doing 17s or wind sprints and then playing an NBA basketball game. Um, it's it's completely unfair of a coach to ask a player to be game ready uh, his first game back. Um, so again, RJ Barrett fourth quarter was one of seven all his missed all his three point attempts uh legs looked shot he was gassed uh all his shots were short flat missed buddy healed on a couple of defensive assignments back door yep. uh, fouled buddy trying to get over screens just uh, it was again he, to 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 be fair to barrett it just it was unfair that he was put in that position yeah. Especially when you have Quentin Grimes on the bench, the team's best perimeter defender, a guy who had scored through the first three quarters, had scored 13 points, knocked down three three pointers. Knicks are eight and one and nine and one now in games which he has at least three threes was a defensive, just had a genius defensive first half, put the clamps on Tyrese Halliburton, held him to nine points on nine shots, forced three turnovers, had two steals, um, was yep. just everywhere defensively drawing charges. Uh, again, this is the guy you want to guard, Buddy Heald, who's the best shooter of of, of this, you know, who's made more three-pointers than anybody over the, in, in the league the last two seasons. Um, yep. So it's just inexcusable that he that that for the first ten minutes and forty five seconds of the fourth quarter, Grimes wasn't on the court. Uh, at some point in time, we'll we'll have a discussion next week, uh, maybe you know, our next podcast, um, and certainly next month and, and two months from now. What does Tibbs do in crunch time? You know Gr- you know Brunson's going to be at the point guard. Obviously, yep. no question. What does he do with two at the two and the three? The other two spots there, he's going to have to decide between IQ, which is who's been one of the Knicks' best players in terms of plus minus, the eye test, however you want to use it, especially yeah. in fourth quarters, a two-way player. You have Grimes, who's been awesome and and basically turned the season around since he was inserted into the starting rotation. And then you have RJ Barrett, who's an incredibly important part of the present, was awesome in the first half last night. To his credit, you know, showed no signs of rust, 24 points, eight rebounds, contributed on both ends of the first half, and then he ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. Two of those three guys are going to be on the court next to Randall, and then a big, whether it's Robinson or, um, you know, maybe Sims or, you know, whatever the case might be, you know, OB, four or five. Um, But uh, to go really Really small, which Tibbs said he Tibbs said he thought about playing, um, would be playing Randall at five. I guess you could consider that. Uh, but at some point, and some point soon, Tibbs is going to have to make that decision. Two of those three guys are going to be playing. Again, a month from now, that's that's a difficult conversation to have. Last night, that's not a difficult conversation. Whether, yeah. for whatever reason, you have RJ in the game, whether he's a fragile ego, what you explain, you know, this is that's the coach's decision. It's a coach's job is to put the the best players that are are capable of closing out a game. And last night, that wasn't RJ Barrett. You put in Quentin Grimes with with a, a minute thirty left. He knocks down the biggest shot of the game, a three pointer. Um, has the dunk to finish it off. Um, forces a turnover on the other end. Um, those are things that could have happened that could have prevented, um, you know, the the, the, imp, the particular collapse. Now he's not faultless. In previous games, he was part. You know, he, he, yeah. Um, had, you know, had missed shots that he probably should have made.
1: You, you turn them all over, you know, yeah,
0: over. He, he had made mistakes, but again, at least he's fresh had played well. And that's kind of what you're going to have to do going forward is you're going to have to kind of decide, um, you know, maybe it's a matchup, maybe it's a point guard where, you know, you're playing Toronto and Fred Van Vliet's on the floor. So maybe you go with a smaller quickly, um, as opposed to a, you know bigger Brunson, although uh, although obviously Grimes could handle the FEV as well. Um, yeah. But That that to me should kind of showed the inflexibility and something we talked about on Tuesday's podcast. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein nine minutes zero points two yeah. rebounds he was invisible again. Those minutes should go to Tibbs uh, should go to Sims and it's it's this rigid inflexibility that um, that, you, that you complained about on Tuesday, rightfully so, and that I, I, I'll carry over um, today. Again, credit Tibbs for, for getting the Knicks motivated and playing hard each night. But again, yeah. a lot of that has to do with the fact that the, the, part of the Knicks' solid, exceeding expectations is because they're playing their key guys more than any other players in the NBA. Um, and again, mm-hmm. that may come back to bite you later in the year.
1: Yeah, and it may be biting them a little bit with some of these injuries we're starting to see pile up. We've seen uh, Barrett get hurt. That was a little of a freak thing. But we we saw Brunson get hurt. That was more wear and tear. We saw Obi Topping get hurt. That was more wear and tear. Um, look, I don't know how you, how you feel, and I still love the effort Randall's playing with. He doesn't look right the last few games. I mean, his shot, I mean, he's like high drives in these threes. He hit a couple of big ones in the second half. But, I mean, he's shooting bricks. Like, I mean, like it's and it's crazy because of how lethal he was just like a week ago, or a week and a half ago. If you look at his last five games, I don't think he shot 40 percent in any of these games. Um, he's playing extremely hard. So I I don't have much of an issue with him. But uh, the shot selection is going to get a little crazy in terms of how bad these shots look. And so, man. I like selection, more of shot performance, I guess. And the tournament was starting to get up. He had six last night and, and he's starting to get frustrated on that end, too. So you look think about the 40 minutes, 42 minutes, 43 minutes, the minutes he's been playing recently is that starting to catch up to him. So like you said, there's always going to be a receipt that has to be paid at some point when you play these guys as many minutes. And what's that, that, that also makes last night frustrating because when we talk about the importance of closing games, that's what we're talking about too. Like if that game never gets to a point where it has to be, you're fighting for your life with, three minutes to go and you're up two in a game, and you're up 25. Maybe those guys don't have to play 40 minutes. Like maybe maybe Brunson doesn't log 42 minutes. Maybe Randall doesn't log 39 minutes. Maybe Barry doesn't have to log 41 minutes. But because they, they came into that that second half, um, especially the second half of the third quarter, not having a plan for our Indiana was adjusting, not staying focused, not paying attention, paying attention to detail on the scouting report, like they allowed this game to get out of hand. And that's when now a game where you should have, tucked this game away and, and had guys get a lot of rest now you're you're fighting in scratch and get this game out I mean you look at the boss score for Indiana you know uh you know Halliburton got hurt but he only played 27 minutes but uh heal 32 minutes nemhar 34 uh Smith 25 McConnell 26 Matherin 28 like very reasonable numbers and like and very who, reasonable
0: and who looks sharper fresher in
1: the final right 10 minutes yeah you see tj mcconnell is just hounding hounding uh Jalen brunson 94 feet yeah he only played 26 minutes Jalen brunson's playing the hardest 42 minutes of anybody and he's playing the most minutes yes. you know like so and, and that does bring me to one thing also i watched from last night too that made me that was abundantly clear to me the knicks need some help on the bench they need to make a trade uh don't know you don't want to trade any valuable asset away but they are one deuce mcbride i love you but offensively like he, he he's just he's nothing right now um he, he's not providing anything he's he's he, he's playing defense he's he's running out there he's working hard but he's so much of an offensive liability right now and he's so much of a question mark from game to game he's starting to concern me a little bit we know hardenstein has been has been a, a net zero essentially for really like a month now uh so when you look at this bench Obi Toppin, he's just got back so you know we're, we'll see kind of how he goes so when you come to a bench iq is the only guy that plays more than 10 minutes and everybody else plays less than less than 10 and you really didn't get much from any of those guys it wasn't like they had a horrible game their plus minus none of them were anywhere close to like you know minus 10 or anything like that they only played in minutes how, how big right, is <laughs> right they didn't play that much so how much how much plus minus can they have exactly it's a good point but like but like they, they're gonna need something now to me it looks like they need a backup wing clearly like that to me is is, is clear because quickly he's more of a, a one-two and then that's really it you don't have like a, a backup small forward like grimes is like the pseudo i really barrett is like his own backup small forward because barrett in the substitution pattern he comes out first and he comes in and plays with the, the bench guys they need another guy like they need somebody uh i don't know who will be available i've heard gary trent's name get thrown out there i love gary trent i just i worry that he would cost too much in terms of trade uh you know capital to get a guy like that but they just need one guy i don't know uh, again i can't tell you who it is but they're missing something in that bench because um tibbs is afraid to play these guys more minutes and he's also i think missing a key piece he could just play cam reddish like that that would solve a lot of this but for whatever reason that's out of the question
0: Uh, Keep an eye on Malik Beasley out in Utah. Mm. I think that's a name that'll hit the trademark, and I think it kind of fits. Um, But uh, just quickly, and I'm just looking at the numbers now, Um, when Randall went on his monster streak um, right around Christmas, uh, five-game stretch from December 21st through the 29th, um, averaged 33 points, shot 54% from the floor, but he played over 41 minutes a night. Mm. Um, Last five games for Barrett. Um, again, still playing a ton of minutes, 40 minutes a night shooting 37 percent from the floor 28 percent from three under 70 percent from the free throw line um you just kind of expect it i mean i mean listen on the season he's shooting 33.8 percent from from three-point land uh for his career he's shooting 33.3 percent from you know these guys play to the back of the basketball car more often than not and we've kind of seen with randall there'll be these kind of swings ups and downs and i think part of it has to do with wear and tear and and you talk about trading for a player um it it certainly wouldn't make sense if, if they don't feel reddish is that guy that can handle minutes on the wing, I, I think I'd throw them out there just for for defensive minutes and, and limiting yeah. playing time. But obviously Obi should get more minutes wearing down. Again, even if that, you know, if that you know maybe reduces the chance of you taking a lead into halftime because you want to rush Randall back in the game. And that gives you, you know, a chance to extend from six to you know to to an eight-point lead or you know you're only down three. You want to get back to even at halftime. Maybe you need Randall healthy for the second half of not only the game but the season, um, yep. and those are things where Obi should get more minutes. He's proven he can handle it. He's proven he can knock down threes um, and, and get and get you some minutes somewhere else. So that's something that you're gonna have to keep an eye on going forward um, if you want to make a serious push and and make t- not only get to the sixty at the halfway point but maintain that 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 place in the standings going forward.
1: Yeah, and and to me with Obi's minutes as well, and and it's it's, like, it's crazy because. It's funny, Tim's like, he it's so, so much inconsistency because with Obi, you know, in terms of him coming back, it was like, yeah, we're going to bring him back slow, you know. Yeah, I could just rush him out there. He's coming back from an injury. RJ Barrett is like, 41 minutes, kid. Go out there. Like, you know, like, it's like, it's Obi ridiculous. Obi had to get three full practices, a G League practice,
0: you know, like a note <laughs> from the doctor, and 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 to play eight minutes. And, and RJ was like, yo, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Okay, here, play the full game,
1: you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. But uh, what I was going to say, though, was that, like, I, I think if you want to help save these guys, like Obi needs to play more minutes than just at the four, like yeah. coming off the bench, like, okay, maybe not the five as much. Cause you got two other guys. I guess you're going to play at the five, but play them more at the three. Like yeah. I, he's shown, he can shoot the ball a little bit. Last night was a, a funky matchup. The, the Pacers have a lot of like wings that are kind of like guards. Maybe that wasn't the best match to do that, but there are plenty of other teams where there are three men who basically just stand in the corner. Like go, Obi can guard that guy
0: and we're and Hartenstein has been a massive net negative how can Obi can't be worse at the five right. than, yeah, than has? And, and, and we'll talk about the Wizards in a second they have zero center depth right now due to injuries potentially yeah. we'll see if they get some guys back but it's another situation where Obi could play some five but you know maybe we'll use that as a transition to talk about the Wizards but there there's there's certainly plenty to talk about here um and a lot of stuff to uh to discuss
1: Yes, there is. Knicks win 119-113. Shout out to RJ Barrett. I know he did get a lot of uh, maybe too much minutes, but uh, him coming out there uh, dominating the first half the way he did, that was really great to see. Hopefully we can see him take that into this next game. And let's talk about it. The Knicks will be traveling to the nation's capital on Friday to face the Washington Wizards for the first time this season. The Wizards had a dramatic win over the Bulls Wednesday night thanks to a late Kyle Kuzma 3 who was having a strong season. They won that game without Bradley Beal, who's being reevaluated for a hamstring injury this week. Chris Porzingis, who we are all very familiar with as Knicks fans, he sat out that game with a rib contusion. So he did not play in that game. We'll see how he is uh, coming up for this game. Also, um, uh, Daniel Gafford didn't play that game, as as Tony mentioned. They're missing some depth, especially in the front court there. So we talk about this Friday matchup. What are you looking forward to to watching uh, from this first game between the Wizards and Knicks this season?
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's the first thing to talk about is injuries. Bradley Beal was diagnosed with a hamstring strain last Thursday. Team announced that they would reevaluate him in one week. Um, we didn't hear anything yesterday. We'll hear something today. I would be surprised if they brought him back. But again, he hasn't been ruled out. So that, that's something we'll keep an eye on. Um, again, un- very unlikely that he plays. Chris Absoorzingas did not play Wednesday night due to sore ribs. Whibs um, the Wizards were also missing Daniel Gafford, right ankle sprain, and Vernon Carey, um, right quad contusion, which meant our old buddy Taj Gibson started yeah. first center, started at center for the Wiz, played 20, 25 minutes, as you expect, contributed nine points, eight rebounds. He did his thing, um, yep. but really, the, the Wizards are walking wounded right now. That being said, they surprisingly snapped a three-game losing streak and beat the Bulls on wednesday night um so again we know by now there's no team in the nba that that there's no night off especially with this Knicks squad um and their inability to hold on the lead so a lot of it will have to do with the injury report um it sounds like both gafford and kp were questionable heading into the game um we'll see if they're a game time decision friday night or um what kind of injury report we see later this uh later thursday into friday morning um but again if the if the wizards are playing without kp without beal Without Gafford, that's obviously a very winnable game, um, a game that Knicks will be favored by. You know, I would assume, you know, excess of five points, you know, maybe closer to 10, um, somewhere in that range. Um, and then you got to look at uh, Kyle Kuzma, um, who's the, who's yep. really good. You know, he's, he's going to be the guy, um, was in, in, in the, the Wizards' victory Wednesday night versus the Bulls, um, finished with tw- 21 points. Um, you know, then you got Monte Morris, who surprisingly scored 17. Um, Benny Abia had a bad game, but he can contribute. Corey Kispert, who's also questionable with some injuries. Um, Uh, he played last night but didn't play well so uh you know outside of that you got uh you know anthony gill was that was actually the the wizard's second leading score at 18 hachimura had 10 off the bench um then they played guys like jordan bar uh uh, jordan goodwin um delon wright so there's not a lot of talent there in terms of you know if you talk about the knicks first six against that that wizard's best six that clearly favors the knicks but again they're gonna have to come out focused and something they've done on the road this season so uh i I would expect them to do just that and, you know, obviously they're going to be exhausted coming off another game. But, uh, you know, this is a I'm sure they want to get that taste out of Wednesday night's win slash loss out of their mouth, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they they will. And and with Washington, it's going to be important to know what happens in the front court with Gafford and Porzingis. Uh, you would think that if those guys do not play, that you could see it maybe a big knife in Mitchell Robinson. Uh, attacking the glass, uh, finishing around the basket. Uh, I still continue to love his effort on the offensive glass. I mean, he's, he's just been a monster in that regard. And um, and he could have a big game in this one, if, if that continues. But, you know, that matchup between Randall and Kuzma could be a, a very fascinating one. These guys were teammates in the, in the, with the Lakers, uh, so they've been kind of attached to each other for a long time regarding that fan base and which guy they liked more, and now none, neither of them are on the team. I expect both of them to uh, be up for this game, up for this matchup. So excited to see those guys lock horns. Kuzma has been a guy that has been linked to the Knicks via trade rumors. I don't quite understand why uh, because I don't see where he fits unless you're telling me I guess you're getting Obi out of here and you're putting him uh, in there uh, for for Obi in the, in the back in the, in the, as a sixth man. But uh, he has been linked to the Knicks, so, so that's something that I need to keep an eye on. But typically, this is a Knicks team that you would think would would handle uh, the Wizards. You know, this is not an uberly talented team, especially when they don't have Bradley Beal. Um, I don't think that he'll play in this game Friday coming off a hamstring injury. He's he's being reevaluated this week, as Tommy said. So uh, even if he gets the clear that he can go back to basketball activities, that doesn't normally mean you go back to playing a full game. Uh, we've seen that now with you know RJ and 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 Obi Toppin, just with the Knicks, how how that process is of coming back from an injury. So, um, good news that he's coming back to be reevaluated, but I don't think he'll play, so that's probably good news for the Knicks from that regard. Um, so 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 otherwise, this is a team that I think the Knicks should handle. And and look, like, I, I really would like to see a, a non stressful win. Like, there to me, there's no reason why they shouldn't go into DC and smack up the Wizards, given the roster they're putting out there and it's not, it's not disrespect to the wizards like the wizards if they had beal and Porzingis, i'd say this would be a strong you know opponent and a team that they have to look out for but without those guys i mean you know you mentioned the names monty morris uh you know kuzma and kispert and and adiv Ad, Ad, Adia, you know rui hachimura like good decent players but they don't really have a lot of firepower so they 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 were able to be they were able to beat the Bulls because they they played really solid defense and they kept the score at a reasonable number you know 197 which is like you know in 2023 terms that's like a uh, you know a 78 75 win in the in the 1990s like if they can keep the game there against the Knicks they'll have a shot i, I just think the Knicks should have too much firepower to 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 to, to handle uh DC here but um but it, we talk about Porzingis and, you know, he's kind of like an infamous figure when it comes to, like, Knicks lore, given uh, what we thought the promise was with him. Uh, he's, of course, now on his second team since leaving the Knicks. He was on Dallas. That didn't work out so well, so he got traded to the Wizards. He's actually had a pretty good season when he's played, which is always a thing with him is when he plays, he, he tends to play pretty well. Oh, so How do you square away that deal the Knicks made? for porzingis or rather to trade porzingis three years ago because it was so controversial it was it was uh the knicks became butt of jokes it was kind of like a watershed moment for a lot of fans that that felt like it was a clear sign that the owner and the the, the organization did not know what they were doing because they were getting ready getting rid of this future star three years removed how do you feel about it now
0: yeah i I mean the, the the first takeaway thinking back wow it's been three years is you gotta wait a few days, a few months, a few years before you pass judgment on a, on a trade, any trade in any sport, for that matter. And it's gotta hurt, you know, Nick fans seeing Donovan Mitchell do what Donovan Mitchell's doing this season. Um, you know, yeah. especially with the Knicks having fourth quarter scoring woes. Hey, I, I think a guy out in Cleveland might might be able to, to fix that. And to think how close they were. Um, but again, yeah. we, well, let's look at it a few years from now. Let's see if the if the if the Cavs cash in and win playoff series, um, you know, or those picks, you know, giving away those picks come back to Burnham. Um, again, a, a story for another day. But in, it, it it makes sense in terms of of the of the, the Porzingis trade because you're right the immediate aftermath of the trade was Stephen A. Smith ranting and raving and LOL Knicks and they're, this is their stupid and how could you let a player go away? Max Kellerman saying um he will – I think there's a good chance he'll be the best player in the NBA a few years yeah, later.
1: Yeah, Knicks just got rid of Kareem.
0: Knicks just got rid of – you know, <laughs> you know over-the-top you know, craziness. My take was let's see what happens, you know. Again, the, right. the, it wasn't just trading away Porzingis. You were trading away the, uh, the right to pay him uh, a max contract, a guy who, who was 7'3", coming off an ACL tear, who was involved in a sexual assault allegation, who told you, I don't want to be here. Um, there's a lot there. Um, and the Knicks, instead of being on the other end of trading for that guy, traded away that player and got draft pick, you know, draft capital and returns, kind of the turning point in the sense of looking towards the future and not taking on Albatross contracts. You got out from under the Tim Hardaway deal and Courtney Lee, et cetera. Obviously that, that money was earmarked for KD and Kyrie didn't come to fruition. Um, But yeah, again, it's just the, the idea that, you know, you can automatically say, oh, this is a terrible trade. It's going to fail Let's let's take a second. Let's take a step back and, and think yeah. about it Um, again. I wasn't I, I thought there was reasons to be uh, worried about the trade coming back to bite you. And I thought there were reasons why it made sense for the Knicks to part ways with a player. Um, You know, seven, three guys just, you know, look at the history of the world, the history of the NBA players over seven foot, especially guys on the perimeter or anywhere on the floor. Um, they don't tend to age well. Um, so would he made it through that first contract? You know that was a that was a guess in another time. We know that's not the case. We know that the 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 Mavericks thought enough of him where they dumped him for the the corpse of Davis Bertans and his terrible contract. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of where they felt they had a young rising, a, a legitimate you know contender for the next best player of this generation in Luka and they just felt you know they couldn't you know move forward and obviously Brunson was far more important to the Mavs team than, than KP was um that being said you know if, if KP was on the market again and another team wanted to roll the dice again it's all about what you know cost uh, cost benefit right. analysis the Knicks are still going to get the Mavs first round pick which could be a pick in the teens from that trade this you know this upcoming season maybe that player turns into uh the wing that the Knicks need or uh, you know a, a solid backup you know for Whatever the case might be, they use that pick in a trade to get the superstar that they want. Um, so I, I thought it made sense at the time. I thought there were pros and cons. Uh, obviously, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. flamed out. That was a player the Knicks were hoping kind of would be the Knicks next next point guard. Credit to DSJ. He kind of revived his career at the start of the season there down in Charlotte. He's dealing with injuries of his own. Um, but I think if, you know, it, it, if you can say that, that neither team won the trade, that's probably the best way to, to kind of classify this trade a few years later.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, 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 you make a good point about how, you know, you can't just kind of judge a trade like in be I mean, we're always going to do it. But like, yeah, yeah. So I think sometimes the over the top, like, oh, this team just got fleeced and, and, and stuff like that. It's hard to really say that um, when a trade happens. Like, you know, like, right uh,
0: unless it's, unless you're trading five first round picks for Rudy Gobert, then you can say it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yes, it's, it's, it's problematic. But yes, unless you're doing that, you, you probably should hold off on the whole big uh you know big things in terms of the proclamations like again the next the number one thing they wanted was cap room to sign a big star in a trade now did that happen no um they did though begin to sign the nucleus that did lead them to a playoff appearance first one in 13 years uh, because they signed julius Randle using that cap room they signed a uh uh, you know, so some of those other veterans that were on the team, you know, uh, Todd Gibson and things like that. So it, it, it wasn't like a complete loss. Now there were some terrible signings in there Bobby Portis didn't work out. Uh, Marcus Morris didn't work out. Um, the Dennis Smith acquisition as a trade piece. He was a bust here in New York. Very happy to see him playing well in Charlotte and, and getting an opportunity to remain in the NBA, but did not work in New York. But, you know, they did get those graphics and that has been one of the things I think you have to say, Well, that was a plus from the deal. You know, you got uh, a 2021 uh, first round pick. I believe that was a pick they used on, uh, was that IQ or Grimes. I know they did a bunch of maneuvering. Um, I think that was IQ. Right. Uh, Technically, I guess. And
0: and the other thing is Morris, they did flip for a first round pick too. Uh, Right. Yeah.
1: And they got a first round pick for for Morris. Right. And and you'd
0: rather have Randall than Porzingis as well. So, I mean, there was, you know. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so so like I I don't think they came out they definitely came out bad in this trade. Like this right. this notion that they gave up on like this um this this future star that that was going to change the franchise. That didn't happen. You know, they 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 took a a risk. Um it didn't necessarily turn out in terms of, you know, salary cap signing a big free agent, but it came to like the guys they were able to bring in here. It, it was it, no harm no foul, you know. And and that's really how how you look at it with 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 KP you mentioned it injuries with a guy his size is is they're going to happen unfortunately. Um, And, and, you know, it's, it's actually unfortunate this season because I feel like this has probably been the best season he's had maybe since that all-star campaign he's had with the Knicks. But the only thing that seems now be kind of nagging him again is, is an ability to stay on the floor. And that's just seems to be something that's always going to be a part of his career. But, um, but yeah, it just, It's just funny to me, like how certain teams get judged with certain moves and how other teams do. Like, you know, the Knicks traded Porzingis and it was the world is falling and everything was awful. My only issue with the Porzingis trade, I've always said from the very beginning, was I felt like the Knicks panicked and traded him way too fast. They didn't want a PR nightmare. They didn't want to deal with uh, what would be uh, ugly, maybe, negotiations um, with other teams that maybe would have prolonged for a couple of days up until the trade deadline, which, as the Cavs showed and the Utah Jazz showed, hey, sometimes you may get a better deal if you just sit tight. Um, but outside of that, you talk about how these teams get kind of judged. You see how the Knicks got, you know, excoriated for that move. Where I've not heard anybody say anything about Mark Cuban letting his star point guard walk out the building for a championship contender and got nothing back. Like I've heard zero about that. And the thing that that was if Jalen Brunson was on a New York Knicks championship contender and they had Luka Doncic as his, as the best player on the team, and uh their the star port guard just walked out the building, went to another team, became an all-star. And to think that the Knicks wouldn't be getting, you know, just 24-7 coverage about how terrible a move they did and how they failed their star player, like it would be it'll be non-stop. But with 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 uh with with this Mavs uh Jalen Brunson situation it's just crickets like it, it, the Mavs had the same record as the Knicks like think about that the 23 Knicks, and 19 a Knicks team
0: that won 37 games last year with essentially the same exact roster other than a new starting point guard and the Mavs are Western Conference finalists last year a couple games away from the NBA finals and now have the same record as the Knicks so how how valuable if you're wondering how valuable Jalen Brunson is there's your answer yeah. And, and and it just gotta go to, to like point, to let that guy is he the best player to leave? Who's a better player to leave? LeBron leaving Cleveland? Like when's the last time a player that good left the team in free agency and the and the team that lost them got zero in return?
1: I mean, probably KD with uh with uh yeah, right, going to right. going to the Warriors. That's probably yep. the last one. But like it's it's this is like it's crazy. And I'm looking <laughs> at the Mavs season.
0: But even the Warriors got the Angela Russell, who they turned into Andrew Wiggins. Well, you know, like yeah, they flipped that into, you know, the, <laughs> right. it they a did something. Scenario. Right, they got a first round pick. You know, like yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I, yeah, with Russell coming in there, that's that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, is probably LeBron? It's 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 crazy. And 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 the Knicks. And again, think about you know how teams get praised for certain moves. I mean, the Knicks <laughs> signed an all star point guard and didn't give up anything but a 1st round second round pick for tampering yep. and you know it, it, that that signing was said oh look at the Knicks they're a joke they yep. think Russ is going to be a star player for them yep. he's turned around the entire team yep. and again for his credit crickets outside yep. of New York City crickets yep. It's is very funny to me anyway Knicks Wizards Friday Hopefully Porzingis does play because it's always fun when Porzingis plays against the Knicks because yes. you know Knicks fans get up for the Knicks team seem to get up for when he plays So a lot of and, those guys haven't played with him. Uh, and just one other thing
0: on the, the Wizards in the eleventh the eleventh spot right now, like you want to put some distance between those guys. You want to obviously yes. lose through the playing. And now with the Pacers, uh, uh, Halliburton was seen uh, on crutches after last. 19th. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll see. You know, if if he misses time, that's obviously a huge
1: deal for, for Indiana. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully he gets back. Um, but yeah, if he's out in that, that would be uh, really tough for Indiana to make up his production. He's everything for them. So, yeah, pay attention to that. So I know we're running out of time, so we'll do this a little bit quick, rapid fire. But we're going to do our midseason report card grades. So we'll be evaluating the Knicks guards today. Uh, we've seen Jalen Brunson, new addition to the team, really take the reins as the leader of this squad. Um, but we've seen others like Evan Fournier, Derrick Rose. Taking a back seat really to younger players like Grimes, McBride, and Emmanuel quickly. So we'll do rapid fire with these players, giving each of them a grade. So let's begin with your grade, Tommy, for Jalen Brunson for the midway point of the year. That's a tough one. I see maybe C nah. <laughs> Listen, anything other than an
0: A plus 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 our producer JJ would, would would end the pod right now. So, we're yeah. Gonna, yeah, we're, yeah. We're,
1: yeah. We're, yeah, you just hear just a random cut, and that's the end of the show. You'd be like, and the listeners will be like, What happened? Did, did they have an error? Turn the on? thing
0: down. Um, can't say enough about Brunson. Uh, easy, easy. A, um, just give you, giving you everything you could have possibly asked for. Um, Knicks, uh, Knicks finally have a point guard, and uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch on a nightly basis.
1: Yeah, I, I, I gotta give Jalen Brunson. an A, I mean, he's been just sensational, uh, spectacular a godsend, whatever word you want to use. That's where he's been to this team. And you think about the Knicks being four games above 500. If he was not here, um, I don't know if this team's in the playing situation. I'm being that that honest. Like I, I don't know if they would be among those top 10 teams. I, I think it may be unlikely. Yes, you know? so,
0: agreed. They might be closer to 15 wins than 30 if they right. didn't have Brunson on the team right
1: now. Right. So he's been absolutely spectacular. So so high marks for Jalen Brunson. What about Quentin Grimes this season? What grade are you giving uh, uh, QG?
0: Probably a B minus. He needs to knock down more threes, uh, and I think he will, and I think they'll come. A lot of what he does, you know, contributes defensively, doesn't necessarily show up in the box score. Um, And probably part of his inefficiency on the offensive end is partly due to lack of rhythm. Um, You know, we talked about games where he gets six shots, seven shots, eight shots. Um, Hopefully that distribution will increase going forward. Um, In terms of, you know, his projection, I am I, I was high on him, uh, you know, in October. I'm that much higher on him now in the middle of January. Um, he is a key piece to the Knicks franchise going forward, has a chance to be a stud 3 and D wing, and those guys are worth their weight in gold in the NBA.
1: Yeah, I'll go B+. Plus. I, I really like what I've seen from Quinn Grimes. You know, uh, he, he, he also has been a big, in some ways, his insertion to the starting lineup, along with the change of the nine-man rotation, saved the season. Um, they they needed defense in the backcourt. They needed battling. He's really brought that. Um, he's he's brought a, a pretty reliable three point shot. You know, we look at his numbers considering how little he was playing early in the year. Like I was surprised to see that he's averaging 10 points a game, shooting 46% from the field, 37 from three. And you're getting that from your starting shooting guard, you know, who's playing, you know, all NBA level defense. Like you, you gotta love it. You know, like he he's had a, a really strong second season, it really feels like he, he's absolutely a cornerstone and a guy that the Knicks should not be including in trades. I understand and, why they didn't want to trade him in the day
0: on the the, a day to situation. Anytime you have a second-year player who every night guards the other team's best player, that's a keeper.
1: Exactly. What about Emmanuel Quickly, a guy we talked about uh, not too long ago in our temperature check? I feel like he's going to get a high mark here as well.
0: Yeah, 100, uh, 100%. I got him at a B at least um, just as I'm, as it's popping up. Uh, Woj tweet injury update. Bradley Beal has been cleared to resume full basketball activities after undergoing reevaluation. His return to play will be based on his progression. Um, So that doesn't tell us a lot what we're going to see Friday. Um, but it sounds like he'll at least practice today. I would assume they'll leave him out at least one game, let him get a couple practice under his belt. But um, that's Friday, at uh, Thursday at noon that we're this, recording this podcast. So yes. we'll see what pops up. Um, IQ, uh, again, much like Brunson has exceeded expectations, giving you everything he wanted during that seven game stretch, um, averaged 25 and five. Um, great two-way player again. Like like Grimes needs to be more efficient offensively to take his game to the next level. I think he will. Um, you know everything you want there is mechanics, etc. Um, it, it's just there's a lot there that you have to be excited about. Um, you know and again, there's little tweaks here and there, but as far as this season goes, um, I'll give him a B plus.
1: Yeah, I'll give the same grade there. B plus for IQ. You know the slow start shooting is the only thing that's keeping him from an A. Because, like, yeah. you know, it, he started so poorly that first month or so of the season where everything else is great. Running the team, great. Defense, energy was great. He just couldn't buy a shot for some reason. He just yeah. seemed to uh, just not start the season off with uh, confidence in his shot. But that's changed. I mean, we've seen a big change from him. I mean, he when he gets the ball, he shoots from three. I, I almost always think he's going in. That's how confident he looks. That's how confident his shot looks right now. It looks so pure. And, again, you mentioned the defense he's playing. Just the heart he's playing with. I mean, he just really feels like, you know, to me, he kind of if there's anybody that can kind of take the, the 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 mantle from like John Starks as being that like heart and soul guy of the team that he, John Starks had, and that the, he kind of maybe never had that kind of spark plug guy since he maybe Smith for a season. It feels like IQ definitely is the heir apparent to that. Like he definitely feels like the John Starks of this team, the guy that you know is gonna go out there give 100 play hard. He's gonna he's gonna take some crazy shots, but he's gonna he's gonna always give his his his, his biggest effort, and he's gonna have some big games. I love how IQ's played this year. He gets a B-plus from me. Let's go to Deuce McBride, the guy who's uh, seeing some new minutes, didn't play as much last season. What are you giving Deuce for how he's played so far? I'll give him a C plus, um, giving you you know, he's there for defensive
0: His is because he defends well on the perimeter. And those guys, you need those guys in your rotation. He's a solid rotation player. Um, but if he's, uh, if he's not knocking down shots, it's, it's tough to, to leave him out there for extended stretches. Um, last seven games shooting 30% from the floor is not going to cut it um you know he just I, I like the fact that he's confident enough to take him he needs to knock him down i think there's there's reasons to believe that he will um you know if you look at the he'd look at his shot you look at his production at g league you look at his production at cincinnati um he's a talented offensive player just needs to start knocking down shots on the nba level
1: yeah and, and west virginia by the way uh, uh
0: sorry bob yeah don't let the huggy bear get after me
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly i want to save you there um yeah deuce mcbride I'll go C plus as well. Um, I think the, the defense has been he's done everything you asked for him to do. Go out there play some defense. I think recently he's been hurting the team a little bit with his inability to create offensively or to be consistent shot. You know, like uh, he's he's gonna be the guy that people are gonna rotate off of. He's the guy that people are gonna allow to get wide open shots. He's gonna have to start knocking them down. He's gonna start making more plays offensively. Um, look, the way he plays in the summer league, the way he plays in the G League, you, it will suggest that there's no reason why he can't play that way. We just haven't seen it from him yet. So um, I'm hoping things improve or reduce. But with the way he's played recently, it almost makes me wonder if, like I said earlier, if we do see a trade that gets a, a veteran guard in here to back up, uh, you know, uh, Brunson at the point or, or some other defender who can come in and maybe be more uh, reliable there. So important to watch with Deuce McBride. OK, some poor grades may be coming up here as we wrap the show Derek Rose. Uh, what grade are you giving him? uh
0: we'll go with a d d plus for rose um mm. he just hasn't played well looks like he's lost the step um one of those guys that uh really if, if anything i want to bump him up to a c just for what he means the locker room mcbride mm. and iq and grimes and all those guys despite having replaced him in the rotation. Can't say enough about how much he's helped them. Uh, He's always ready. He stays ready. Doesn't have to get ready. Um, But it just looks like he, you know, hasn't knocked down shots, hasn't knocked down threes. His defensive has been an issue for years now. Um, He's making close to $14 million a season. So you expect a player like that commanding that type of salary to be far more of a significant contributor Um, it's not shocking that the season turned around when he and Fournier um, were banished to the bench because they just weren't playing well they were net negatives um, and uh, there's no reason to really expect that to change going forward you know hopefully at some point in the season the Knicks may need him for a two week stretch they may need him for you know for you know 15 minutes in a playoff game a play-in game um, due to injuries and I and I wouldn't bet against him making a big shot making a Three huge floaters, and and you know because this guy knows how to play basketball, um, and and obviously has the trust of the team and the coaching staff. But based on his production this far the season, can't get him a
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll give him a C minus. Uh, the performance on the court definitely a D, but D for Derek, I guess, or D for D Rose. But I give him a C minus for for being a leader, be taking this benching, uh, as a, a leader should, as a veteran should, and he him being able to mentor the young guys. He does not deserve the play. And, and the Knicks have played better since he's not been playing consistent minutes. So um, the fact that he's been able to take that, you know he can't love being on the bench. This guy is a former MVP. This guy is uh, one of the more beloved players in the NBA. You can see that by the all-star voting that he continues to get every year. So uh, you know he can't love the bench, but he's taking it well. So for that, as a teammate, that bumps him up to a C-. minus. like the participation grade boosting you up because you show up to <laughs> class every day on time. And you have a good attitude. So uh, D-Rose gets a, a C- there. So, our last one, Evan Fournier. Grade you're giving for Ev.
0: Yeah, give him a C as well. Obviously, the production has been there, has been awful defensively. But part of that's, you know, you didn't sign him to be a defensive stalwart. You know, you didn't sign him to guard the other team's best perimeter player. You signed him to knock down threes. Um, he knocked down threes. Was fourth in the NBA in, in in most made triples last season. Obviously, hasn't had the playing time to match those numbers again this season. Played poorly in that first stretch when he was demoted from starting to bench unit. Um, and again, the reason the Knicks, you know, turned their season around um, had a lot to do with the fact that you know that. that he was removed from the rotation. McBride came in and just got after it defensively, guarded guys 94 feet. Basically, you know, was the TJ McConnell type player, um, and that and that's you know, so in, in, I I partly can't blame uh, Fournier for for not excelling in a role that he's just not capable of excelling in. Um, and I still think there's a spot in an NBA rotation for him as a guy that just comes off the bench, can knock down threes, and give you an offensive spark if you surround him with enough quality defenders that's just not the time and the place you know with this current situation for the Knicks
1: yeah I mean for Fournier who I hate to do this but uh this is gonna be my first and maybe my only F grade for the season for Evan Fournier and I I do that because I I do it based on one how he's played juxtaposed with what he was supposed to bring I mean you think about a guy signed to a four-year 79 80 million dollar contract This guy's supposed to be a starting shooting guard, a linchpin on the team, one of the core players of this team. And he can barely get on the court. And when you get him on the court, you're begging for him to be taken out of the game. Uh, This season, 6.7 points a game, shooting 35% from the field, 31 from three, just grotesque numbers. Um, That's why he's untradeable. People ask, why can't they get rid of him? I mean, guys is given basically nothing this season. And it's, it's it's unfortunate. You know, I, I really thought he could be a decent bench player on this team this year. I really thought he could be your sixth man and that he's not taken to that role very well uh, since he got removed from the starting lineup. He can't defend. And it, to me, when I think about Evan's career, like, it, he is he a terrible player? No. But, like, what it has dawned on me the last two seasons is that now I see why he's never been on, like, a great team. Like, the only good team he's been on, the Celtics – they didn't want him back immediately. As soon as they could get rid of him, they didn't even think about resigning him. Like he's a guy who I think can score. He can hit open shots, but some of the, the mini, the little things it takes to win uh, the defense, the hustle, things like that. He just doesn't bring. And for the position he plays where you need athleticism, where you need guys who can go, excuse me, who can guard people. Uh, he doesn't bring that. So uh, I, I look, I hope Evan turns it around. He seems like a great guy from everything I've seen. I, I love the way he, he he stays ready, the way he prepares. But uh, he's gonna failing great. I, I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't be kind on him on this podcast for this reason. So uh, f Fournier. understandable. I can't really,
0: def- you know, you you make solid points. Part of it is the, the contract was a poor decision by Leon Rose and company as opposed to, to to Fournier. But listen, you know, it's not only that he's making $17 million this year. He's going to make close to $19 million next season. And that's the real killer. So, you know, he's going to clog the cap. And that's, you know, we talk about Knicks being able to trade him. Nobody wants to, you know, to, to, to add that salary to their to their spreadsheet.
1: Yeah. So uh, we'll see what they're able to do with Evan. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's not been a good run for Evan Fournier this season. But that's going to do it this edition orange and blue bloods hope you guys enjoyed this episode of course you can get these episodes wherever you get your uh podcast that includes a free Aussie app make sure you get the auto download feature wherever you get them so you get our episodes we drop three times a week we will be back next week with more episodes tommy let people know where they can find you. at tommy
0: Beer on twitter
1: you'll find me ej under DJ underscore Stewart on twitter actually ej on instagram and tiktok thank you guys so much for checking us out for tommy i'm ej thank you EJ, guys Peace.